everyone, and welcome to Where's the Bride, the LGBTQ plus wedding planning podcast. Uh, this is episode one. Uh, so, hi, I'm Alex Hickson. I'm Oliver Burr. And we're a engaged couple from Yorkshire. And basically, we thought we'd start this podcast because we got engaged in February. February, yeah. And I've just really realised that the wedding industry still doesn't really cater for LGBTQ plus couples as much as it's striving to do so. A little bit about us. Um, so we met in 2019, um, head of steam, headingly, 7pm. I can't remember <laughs> the exact date, um, but it was one of those dates where I think it was really funny because I think Alex wanted to fob me off. Um, you but, wanted to fob me off? And I've well, fobbed you off for months before <laughs> that. And um, I think it was one of those things where um, we would, we went for a couple of drinks in Headingley, um, got a bit drunk. I think we had a cheeky snog in a kebab shop mm. and the rest is history. Classic. Um, I mean, main thing about us is um, people are going to laugh because we're a complete COVID couple. Yeah, 100%. Um, we're very opposite as well, I feel like, in some ways. Yeah. But, but when it comes to wedding planning, I feel like we've been like on it. Like, we got engaged in February, it's currently July that we're recording this, and I think we've been super, super organised. But, like I said at the beginning, what I think's been really interesting is navigating wedding planning as two gay men. 100%. I think there's um, there's been a couple of things that we've come against. I think I've been a bit more nervous than you, in some respects. Like, at the venue, I even asked mm. the question, are you okay that this is an LGBT wedding? Um, which, bless her, she was really confused with the question, but... I feel like, you know, there are still some, you know, there are some things out there that make us really nervous about it. And I think there are going to be people out there that are against it. And it's navigating who is and who isn't, which is, you know, is one of the main reasons why we, we wanted to do a podcast like this, just to really kind of help navigate other people. Because, you know, some things are really nerve wracking. Some things have been a lot easier. We still don't know if on the day we're going to get someone turn up like one of our suppliers and be a bit funny about it which I don't think we're gonna because we've done our research but you just never know in this day and age I think you know um it was it's recently been pride and it's been lovely to see but are we just going to go back to yeah to dreary April (laughs) I think as well it's not necessarily I think we're really lucky in the UK that we have like an accepting wedding industry and like we have to say like everyone we've spoke to so far has been like relatively accepted and it's not really about being like discriminated against but it's just about having an inclusive experience and basically if anyone's thinking why on earth have they called this podcast where's the bride um the reason is is that we went to a very very notable and popular wedding fair i won't mention the name a couple of months ago and we were really excited like we thought it was going to be one of the days where we found loads of our vendors and it was just a day that like i've been really looking forward to to be honest because it's exciting like everyone goes to a wedding fair everyone kind of gets like that fuss made and it's just really nice and the first question when we got to the door and showed our tickets by one of the um, event staff was oh, uh, where's the bride? And I was really taken aback because I just was like, well, there isn't one. We're, like, we're two men, we don't have a bride. And the woman, I don't think she necessarily meant it in like a bad way, but she just was really flustered and just really didn't know how to handle the situation because they had um, like booklets and stickers and everything that were so completely gendered. There was one for a groom, there was one for a bride. It was very, very female focused. It was very heteronormative. And... She just really didn't know how to navigate that situation and it really sort of 
put a dampener really on the experience that we had for the rest of the day. I, th- I think for me, the whole thing with it was that, like, we were excited, but I was still a bit nervous. I mean, it took us about, this is probably going to give away where it was, about 20 minutes to find the entrance to the place because it was very poorly signposted, which um, it was just making me more and more nervous because I didn't see any couples like us that were there. I saw maybe the odd girl with her mum. We saw maybe like... Um, a young couple with the parents there and we were walking around and I was just like, oh my God, do we ask people how to get in? Are they going to think that we're taking the mick? And when she asked, you know, where's the bride? Um, you know, once the, the fluster had gone away and the embarrassment more on our behalf had kind of passed, she passed um, she passed you a bride sticker, which mm-hmm. literally we walked in and I was like, oh my God, we're really off to a bad start because we're, t- we're two grooms. Like, you know, I... In my opinion, it's very unconscious bias that, you know, they believe that there's a, a groom and a bride. And even in LGBTQ plus relationships, they, you know, people still think bride and groom, who's going to be the bride? And it's like, we're not, we're two men um, getting married. So it's, that's our standpoint, that we're two grooms. There are people who are two brides. There are people who are neither a bride or a groom in that, you know, they'll be going in for maybe like gen- they consider themselves to be gender fluid um, or gender neutral. And, you know, wh- what do we call them when it comes to a wedding? You know, if I was going in there and I didn't want to be a groom or a bride because, you know what, from the system, that's not who I want to be. I don't want pink or blue. Like that's mm-hmm. it takes back to really back like systemic kind of beliefs of boys blue girls pink and And that's literally what it was like as well at this wedding fair it was literally like it was that gendered and it was as stereotypical as like we're kind of portraying that it was and i think that's kind of led us to why we are here and why like we thought about doing a podcast and a few people encouraged us to do it and i think it was because actually even though the wedding industry is as you know it is the amazing vendors and amazing people that are doing amazing work to make sure that it's really inclusive it's not about like lecturing anybody it's not about um like hunting for discrimination or anything like that it's basically we just wanted to create a platform in which we can celebrate lgbtq plus wedding planning for what it is which is really exciting um basically every episode we want to theme about a different part of wedding planning like our experience we're getting married next september so we've got about 14 months left which is scary um but we just thought it'd be really cool to take all you guys on the journey with us as we do it and sort of navigate doing this as a gay couple um, and hopefully get some really exciting guests on get some really interesting people to offer their insight on what it's like planning different parts of an LGBTQ plus wedding. So yeah, that's kind of where Where's the Bride was born. So, I mean, we're going to start the way that we're always going to start. So, what are we drinking? <laughs> uh, well, we've got... Do you know what? We've got a bottle of rosé, which is quite nice. But I think it's what my nana bought me for my birthday. From Aldi. From Aldi. Yeah. But do you know what? I rate an Aldi wine. And you can't go wrong. So if you can hear the little chinks, that's basically our rosé with ice, which is a bit of sacrilege, but... I haven't been in the fridge, so. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that we want to really start off with is kind of, there are going to be a lot of different themes in this. We really want it to be interactive. So if people have got ideas um, for what they want us to talk about, you know, go for it. We, We really want it to be an open platform because if we can help someone with their wedding that's fantastic news you know we want we want to be there um we're going to set up our website where we're going to put on there the vendors that that we've spoken with obviously people that you know have expressed an interest in 
providing for the LGBTQ plus community as well. Um, you know, so you know, we're just here to try and make things a lot easier. And I think um, the way that we're going to dive right into this though is with traditions. So I think one of the most I think one of the most fun parts so far, and one of the most interesting parts, and I think the most apt way to kick off an LGBTQ plus wedding planning podcast is to talk about traditions in the wedding industry. So growing up, so I'm 26, and even for me growing up, I never thought I'd be able to get married after I realised that I was gay. Um, being able to get married and kind of experience this is amazing for me in itself. But when you obviously realise that marriage is traditionally deep-rooted in heteronormativity, um, it is traditionally between a man and a woman, you realise that all the traditions of a marriage and a wedding don't necessarily apply to you if you're an LGBTQ plus couple. So I think for, for me anyway, I don't know about you, but fucking with the traditions has been like my favourite thing so far. I think even things like picking like a... Again, I want to say bridal party, but obviously we're not a bride. But this is what I mean. It's kind of like the gendered language that surrounds weddings. I talk about, like, my bridal party, even though I'm not a bride. Um, but it's all these traditions that have kind of ingrained themselves into, like, the wedding industry. And it's been quite fun to unpick those. I think from the very off, we were really clear that, like, we did want elements of our wedding that were going to be traditional. But also knew that we'd have to really tweak them as we went on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that um, I remember when we first wrote out our Save the Dates and we invited our um, kind of grooms parties together and we were we were writing the invites. I think we saved them. We thought, oh my God, yes, we've got it down. We've actually got it down. And then I was like, why well, have we asked them to be a bridesmaid? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, right, let's change it to groomsmaid. And it's been an education for us as well because... You know, obviously we watch TV, everyone watches movies, everyone seen this. Obviously, my favourite thing we're messing with the traditions is just doing what the fuck we want. <laughs> and it's kind of what makes us happy. So obviously we're going to go into more detail as we, as we go through because, um, you know, things are forever changing. We've got quite a long time left. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of where we want to start. Yeah, so in terms of traditions, we've both discussed about wanting to keep some or wanting to get rid of others. What, what traditions do you want to keep? I feel like I'm more traditional than you, actually, with stuff like this. So even though we're literally two guys getting married, I wanted some of those, I guess, what you'd call, like, bridal traditions. So, like, something old, something new, something borrowed and something blue. Traditionally, that's something that the bride does, but I'm quite... I'm definitely the soppy one out of the two of us, I think. So what, I'm the more sentimental one. What, so, what do you want them to be? I don't... The thing is, I don't know. I said this to my mum. But I think it's nice because I think like the whole something old and something borrowed, it's like a nice like nod to the past. So I've kind of entrusted like my mum and like my groom's party to kind of be in charge of that a little bit. But I just think like those little nods are like nice and like there's something blue. I don't know. I don't know what it might be. It might have a blue suit at this rate. We're not sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's those little things. And I think especially... Those kind of quirky traditions, then also when you actually think about, like, the ceremony itself and, like, the phrasing. I know, like, because it's an LGBTQ plus wedding, you can really, like, dissect your vows and you can change, like, the ceremony order and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, for example, I really knew that I wanted, like, my mum to walk me down that aisle. And not because she's, like, giving me away, like, 
Do you know what I mean? I'm, like, that whole thing of... The tradition is that a father gives his bride away because the bride is the father's property. And again, that's just so outdated on so many levels, you know, from a feminist standpoint. But I just think the gesture of, like, having my mum give me away is really, really sweet. And that's something that I knew I wanted. So it's kind of taking, like, elements of those traditions and playing around with them. And I think that's what I found the most fun so far. Yeah, no, completely. But what about you? I feel like you're a little bit less traditional. I don't know. I don't really like traditions. I've never been the kind of person to, to like them. I really like to kind of fuck with them a bit and I really like to mess them up. I think for me, it's a, it's a bit like kind of, I really want to do what would make you happy on the day. So I love the idea of our mums giving us away. We're both complete mummies boys. Love you, mum. And having kids, you know, I think that's just really nice. However, I want my... I do want my dad to give a speech still at the wedding. I think that's the kind of, you know, he really wants to do it. He's been egging up his entire life, you know, to give a speech at his daughter's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Charlotte. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it'd be really nice for him to do that. However, like, you know, there there, there are elements in there, like the speeches I really like the sound of, but... You know, when it comes to the the wedding, I don't want a traditional service. We we originally did go down that route where we were looking at traditional service. We'd found a registrar, we'd found this. And you came in for work one day and I'd never heard of a celebrant. And I know there's going to be lots of celebrants out there that are probably thinking, what? But yeah. I'd, I'd never heard of one before. And I'm, I'm sure I've been to weddings with them and I just, I didn't know the difference. Um, and when you explained it to me, I was like, do you know what? We can really kind of do what, the hell we want here we can make it feel traditional so we can do the whole walk down the aisle i've got my party you've got your party and then you know when we were chatting to the celebrants that we spoke to because we did speak to quite a few um we were looking at things like you know you can do hand fasting you can have a shot which i don't know if we're going to do because i I want to be able to stand by the end (laughs) of the day um you can do things like cocktail making There, there are people who do you know all sorts you have one of the things I've seen all over TikTok is where they've got the um, the kind of like flower dudes or the flower grannies, which I think is absolutely mm. hilarious. Yeah. And as much as I, I love those ideas, I, you know, I do still want a little flower girl there because I think it's really cute. And I think, you know, I remember when I was a kid at my cousin's wedding um, going there and I was a page boy in a little sailor suit and we all know how that turned out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just really, really want to, I really want like, well, to be fair, it's, it's Ada. It's my one of my best friends' girls who we've invited to do it, and I really want her to have the memories of. Oh my god, I went to this wedding and it was beautiful. I got to be a flower girl, and her to be able to grow up with the memory of of being that. And I know, you know, you could have flower boys. You you could have your flower grannies. You could have your flower dudes. You could have your flower dads. You could have anything what you want. There are no rules anymore. Yeah. And that's I wouldn't even say that's with your LGBTQ plus weddings. You can do it for anyone's wedding. That you know, I think. Like Alex said, I'm not a traditionalist, but I want these little nods because there are little things that I experienced when I was a kid at weddings that I really want other people to experience. Um, plus, I need to keep Alex happy because otherwise it will be a lot of money and he probably won't marry me. <laughs> That's not true. That's not technically true. No, I'm joking. Um, I think I'm the same though. I think as well, like I mentioned before about like, it's so instinctive to talk about like a bridal party, even though literally we're not brides. But I think that's been fun to play around with the tradition with. Like I really wanted like a best man, but my, I have like two best friends who are a man and a woman. 
and I was like, well, I'm going to have them both join, and they're going to be like my best man and best woman. And then I've got like, but I've got two sisters, so I've got both of my sisters, and another of my best friends are like my groomsmaids. Um, and then I've got my niece as a flower girl. And for me, that was nice to have like that traditional party. And I think, like Oliver said, like this isn't you know anyone that's listening to this is, might not be like LGBTQ plus or even wedding planet or or engaged or whatever. But you're just thinking about it in the future. I think as we evolve and I guess like the the wedding industry and like the idea of marriage evolves to fit in with like society as it is now all these things are so much fun to play with so traditionally you'd have the bride would have bridesmaids and the grooms would have groomsmen we just mixed it all together because it fit with our lives and our friends and our families and stuff like that um and like there's ways that like I want to incorporate other friends and family like into our wedding. So like, I really want like my nana to do a reading at our wedding just because it's really cute and it'll make everyone cry. Um, but like you were saying about like, with going with like picking your type of service and like really changing the way in which you sort of think about it. Like for us, a religious ceremony was never really on the cards. We're not religious. Like it was just never gonna be a thing regardless of our sexuality, I guess, and whether that's actually allowed or not. But even if you did want, like, a religious ceremony, for example, there's nothing to say that you can't change some of the traditions up differently and, like, change up your bridal party or your groom party or change up some of the the more, like, traditional things, like something old, something new, for example. Yeah, and I think another tradition for me that um, I really wanted to keep, but I think we're, we're mixing it up a little bit, is... Um, is the whole cake and I know I'm not a cake person at all we we went to a baking thing yesterday actually that was really funny and we used icing sugar instead of flour do you know what I mean we're, we're not the best at that but I think um, I really wanted the cake purely for the fact that A it makes your dessert a bit cheaper because you, you can feed them yeah. that and and B it is just a really nice kind of it's like a, a kind of photo moment that you can have um, but you know one thing that we probably will end up discussing on this is um, if you look at my Instagram, we were looking to put together, I, I wanted to put together a really cute collage of all the, the kind of like people cake toppers that you could get that I thought were really tasteful. And um, I was Googling, um, you know, man in dress cake topper and it, it just didn't exist. And I was like, eh? Like you'd have thought one person out there would have, would have done that. Or, you know, when you search, um, you know, lesbian wedding cake topper, you've got a lot of misses and misses, which personally for me, they're not my... My style, I get why other people would really like them, but I, you know, I want one that looks like me. And I think the whole point of this this podcast is, you know, where where am I in this? And I think you know a lot of your your kind of heterosexual couples um, will probably be able to, you know, they'll go to a wedding fair, they'll go to a, a suit shop, they'll go to a gown, they'll be able to Google on the internet, and they'll see themselves in an awful lot of things. Even when it comes to TikTok, you know, there's there's some fantastic creators on there that have like alternative things they've done for the wedding but I'm still yet to see myself um, mm, in yeah, those I don't know if you agree yeah so I think that's the thing it's that your wedding is one of like the most like personal personal days you'll ever have like especially sharing it with your partner and I think that's that again is like one of the main reasons is that we basically started to wedding plan and like I said it's not anything to do with like we've not faced any discrimination. I mean, it might yet happen, who the hell knows, but it's just not as inclusive as it can be. And I think there's some amazing vendors and we'll chat to some of the amazing vendors that, that we've already chosen and that are out there that are doing such good 
work at making it as inclusive as possible. But even something as simple as like when we were starting our socials and looking for stock imagery for non-binary couples and like you said, non-binary cake toppers and everything. And it's so few and far between. Um, and you know, I think everyone who's getting married wants to be able to celebrate their love in the most personal way that they can possible. Um, so yeah, aside from that, aside, getting sidetracked, we were really not that bothered about a cake. We? we have got a cake. Yeah, my, my sister offered to pay for it. Thank you again, Charlotte. Yeah. Um. And it is going to be amazing, but it's one of them like huge three-tier things. I would rather have cookies or something, maybe. Well, I think but... what we were saying we're going to do about the cakes is we're going to... Um, we're going to use it as the dessert because I think anyone who's wedding planning or who's wedding planned can agree that it the cost starts to add up. So I think the, what I wanted the cake for was, um, you know, have like a big dessert table. We've got, um, bless some of my mum's friends, um, are going to make some little cakes and desserts and cheesecakes and things. And we're just going to have at the end of the dinner because most people, A, will either be really, really pissed, B, probably won't be hungry, and C, you know, might not be that bothered. So why would we pay for it? per head so I'd rather have your traditional cake there just so people can give it a little nod to the tradition and we can you know then have some dessert on that side I'm not going to go with the fruit cake because I'm not going to lie there's no yeah, <laughs> it's no, not for me not, it's chocolate or now for me I'm afraid um but thinking about other traditions that I'd want to keep I don't know I think for me what was really nice was like well, really nice, but also really strange, was, like, the first dance. So, like, you're no dancer, really. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a dancer either, but you're no dancer. I wouldn't, mean, I could. I could <laughs> you could do a dad dance. I could throw a couple of moves. Yeah, <laughs> but um, even that, like, we don't really dance. I think most couples, to be honest, regardless of gender or sexuality, find the, can find the first dance, like, really awkward. So it's kind of thinking, what did we actually want to do for our first dance? And we went through... To be honest, we've not even picked music properly, but I think, kind of thinking about it, that was something I was really unsure, like, do we make it really funny? Do we try and make it serious? And I think we've kind of opted for, like... Middle of the road. A bit of a middle of the road. But I know loads of couples now that are doing, like, funny choreographed first dances, or they're incorporating, like, their their wedding party on either side just to kind of make it a little bit less intense but I think sometimes as well it's like we just dancing in public like regardless of whether you're two men two women a man and a woman whoever um I find that a bit intimidating like that's the probably the bit of the day I'm actually really not looking forward I mean, to I'll probably just be crying yeah. <laughs> by that point but um you know I think other traditions I mean there's there's plenty of them that I absolutely I don't think they're as traditional anymore, um, and I absolutely, they just, they don't go with my personal ethics, where it goes to, like, you know, your um, your family, there's, like, maybe the the bride side of the family paying for the wedding, and, and things like that, and, like, there's, you know, family have been lovely, they've been so nice about everything, but we, we want to pay for it ourselves, it's, it's a party mm. for us too at the end of the day, and everyone else is just coming along for the ride, and I think that's what, you know, any wedding, straight, gay, you know, lesbian pansexual, asexual, anything like that, you know, it's, you are having a party where everyone else is invited, but it's your party at the end of the day, so, you know, you need to do what you want, so a lot of the things we talk about in this are going to be kind of what we like, you know, the whole message throughout this this series is going to be, um, do what the fuck you want, um, <laughs> and, you know, and we're just here to kind of help you find what you want, really. Yeah, definitely. I think to kind of, like, 
tail off as well. What traditions do you absolutely hate or think are really outdated? That's really tough. I think there's, I mean, I don't hate anything because I feel like someone out there is going to absolutely love it. But for me, it's it things like um, the whole kind of, you know, there's a lot of people I know I've been to probably, I've been to one lesbian wedding, I've been to two gay weddings, I've been to probably more gay weddings than I have been straight weddings. But every time I've been to a wedding, there has been some form of like religious twinge to it, even if I know the couple aren't religious. And sometimes it's a, it's a nod for the grandparents, which is cute, which is why I'm not against it. But for me, I'm like, I don't, I'm not a religious person. I, I don't want that as part of my day because it, it's not who, it's not who I am. It doesn't form my personal beliefs. So you know, there's I went to one wedding once where um they had to they had to pick a hymn because they'd got married in a church, um and I remember the couple um when they were planning were were stressing out about it because neither of them are religious. They've just got married at the church because that's what the parents wanted. Which fair whatever if that's what you want um you know but I think they chose he's got the whole world in his hands because because it was the oh, only hymn that they could that reminds me of primary school yeah it was the only hymn that they both knew um you know things like I don't really want that where you know you were saying to me that you want your your grandma to do a reading I'm like yes because she's got that voice where like she she'd do it really well she I mean she'd probably be a fugins and I'm sorry Jackie to say but, I mean yeah um, <laughs> but you know she'd do it really really well and I I don't I want it to be kind of something that, that me and you have read that touches us. I think, you know, in terms of other traditions that I don't really like, I don't really like the idea of, and this is going to sound really weird because we are going to have something of this kind. I don't really like the idea of, like, your, your stag and your hen do, where your hen do is just all the women and your stag do is just all the men. I'm a bit like, it's a party with your nearest and dearest. And, you know, men aren't friends with men, just men anymore. Women aren't friends with just women anymore and as a gay man and you can probably vouch this well we've been invited on Hindus before but mm. you know mix it up like yeah. um, you know for example we had at work I don't know if anyone else's work does this we're a bit sad we do like mini work Hindus and stag dudes people getting married just um, I think it's just an excuse to get pissed with your colleagues to be fair and the straight guys who've come on the Hindus have been like oh my god that was wild and you're like it is like hens are wild yeah, I'd I, say Hindus are wilder like, than some stag dudes like go for it and you know one thing that's really annoyed me a little bit uh, of people saying to me oh you're both going on the same stag and we're like hell, yeah. hell no I think for me as well that's the it's not really traditions that I hate but I think that's the thing that I think's grated on me the most so far is like the, the assumptions and almost like the the really pointed questions. Like, someone asked me, like, oh, is one of you going to wear a dress? And I was like, firstly, I don't like the context in which that's being said. It's kind of like, if one of us did want to wear a dress, that's completely fine. Like, personally, I wouldn't, just because I want to wear a suit and that's how I present and all that kind of thing. But if two men are getting married and they both wanted to wear a stunning white wedding dress and veil then why the fuck not why the fuck not and it's the same with like other questions i think that have been asked like you said like oh you're gonna have a shared stag then it's like well no like i'm gonna have a party with all my friends and family and you will have one and it's going to be a separate thing um and even things like oh well who's going to walk down the aisle first and all these things that are so gendered and so rooted into like what you'd consider a traditional wedding it's kind of the beauty of it and I think the fun part of it like I've mentioned is being able to play around with that but I think you do get asked those like stupid questions really and I think 
that's the thing that, um, again, with this podcast, it's just kind of like opening the floor to kind of explore all these like amazing ways in which you can celebrate your wedding if you're a non-traditional couple. Um, or even if you're traditional. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not with this podcast. I don't want to exclude heteronormative couples who, who are getting married themselves. I want to give a massive middle finger up to tradition. I think, you know, there are, there are, there are people out there who are starting to understand, do you know what? L- let's just go for it. This is our day. This is, this is what we're doing. And we, we do want to be a platform for all, um, you know, that want to kind of fuck them all. <laughs> This is the say, um, you know. I think throughout this, we'll um, we'll discuss a lot of the things that we've been asked. We'll discuss a lot of our anxiety um, when it comes when it comes to the planning and when it comes to the traditions as well, um, you know. And we're only early in the process, so yeah. we've done this quite fast, really. Like I said, we've yeah. been engaged for like four or five months, and our weddings in like fourteen months. Yeah, and God knows what could happen in that time. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no one expected COVID. Um, yeah, Christ, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's you know there there are people that are still not married because of that, and they've they've completely said screw you to tradition. They've gone to the registry office, they've had like a real little do, and then they've just gone and had like a party with the family and stuff. And I think you know we we want to discuss kind of everything and and give these people who who want to have the, a different wedding a bit of a voice. Really, mm. is the main thing. Yeah, I guess as well. Then what traditions that are really rooted in like what you consider to be a traditional wedding do you love and like you really want to have at our wedding regardless of it being an lgbtq plus wedding i think the most important thing for me and it's because personally um i don't i don't dress up in suits i don't like i don't really like suits that often like when I first started my job, I remember we had to wear suits. Thank God that changed. Oh, like, I used to really fancy suits. I hate it. <laughs> like it's, I just feel like a bit of a penguin. But I really, I'm really excited to to really get dressed up for the day. It's you know, I want to get a really nice a really nice suit. I want to get all the photos with my family. Um, I want to get a really nice like photo album that I can flick through, um, and I can be like, oh my God, there's my grandma. Oh my God, mm. there's there's my there's my mum and dad. There's your mum and my mum having a laugh in the corner. There's, um, you know, there's your stepdad and my dad there with like just a group shot on the dance floor. That's what I really want is to be able to go through those those pictures. And I think, you know, um, for me, another tradition that I that I really want, and I don't know if it is a tradition. I don't know if it's just thing I've seen a lot recently, is I want to be able to have a nod to the people that can't be there because it's mm. really important for me. Like, I would have loved you to have met my granddad. He, he died when I was. Quite young, to be fair. I remember I was in Scouts, um, and you know, I would I want a nod to him. I want a nod to like your grandma Edie. I want a nod to my nana because my nana like an LGBT wedding is probably very far from what she ever expected in the family because of the time frame that they were brought up in. And I would have loved to have been like, look how happy we are. Mm. And I think that's you know that's what's really important to me is it's it's a it's a happy day, um, and that. Like I said, I don't know if happiness is the tradition, um, but you know, I think that's what I want is the, is the happiness and the memories that you know to last forever. Yeah, no, I agree. I think for me, traditions that I love, like I said, I am quite sentimental. So even though like the wedding we've gone for isn't really, it's not very traditional, it's not very formal, but it's very. Um, I do want a bit of that like pomp and ceremony of it. So I want the kind of congregation to like stand when like we walk in and 
um, like the the our vows and the order the order of service. You know, like when the when we're, they're doing the wedding. But I want that to kind of nod to some of the language, but like obviously change a lot of it. Um, I think that's it. I think I want the tradition to be there almost as like a marker and like a contrast to how much of like a different wedding that it really is, to be honest. Okay, so that was a bit of an intro to us and hopefully what Where's the Bride's going to be about. Um, the next episode, we're going to be talking all about engagements and proposals. And just for any of you that aren't really aware what a proposal is, a marriage proposal is an event where one person in a relationship asks for the other's hand in marriage. So we're going to talk a bit about our proposal, what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and also how to navigate it as a non-heterosexual couple. And from my perspective, how to plan it, because that was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we really hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts on what traditions that you love or what traditions that you absolutely cannot stand and do not want at your wedding under any circumstances, then follow us and let us know on social. On Instagram, we're at Where's the Bride Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Where's the Bride. And can't wait to see you all next week. Um, in that case, Oliver, what's for tea? I think I'm going to make pizzas, to be fair. Mm, homemade pizza. Right, okay. In that case, we'll catch you next week. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> I just need to get this bit over with. Right. Okay.